You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, I'm Lee Bauckham, and I wanted to talk a little bit today about a very important topic because I hear it so often from people. In fact, I got an email from somebody who was asking me to cover this because what they said is, my spouse is hopeless. They've lost hope. What do you do when your spouse has completely lost hope? So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. You've got this relationship that has had trouble over time, and you've probably done some things to try to address it. But along the way, while you continue to have hope of working on things, your spouse says, I don't see any way forward. So we need to talk about how do you get back to that? What is this hope thing anyway? And is there some way of getting back to a place of hope? How important is this? Well, it's part of a book I wrote because it's that important. It's Beyond the Three Barriers. That's the name of the book, Beyond the Three Barriers. And those three barriers, one of them is that your spouse has lost hope. The reason this is so important is because we all need hope in our lives in order to move forward. When we don't have hope, when we've lost hope, we've lost our bearing. We don't know where to go. Now, I know that you have at least a, maybe a seed of hope, a, a little bit of hope, an inkling of hope. How do I know that? You're watching this. And you don't come watch a video about how do you save and improve your marriage unless you think there is hope to do that. You've already got a little bit of this. But what do you do if your spouse has lost hope? So one of the things you have to be very careful about is not allowing yourself to lose hope. If both people lose hope, you're in trouble. There's no motivation. There's no energy to move towards that. Now, you can say, well, I don't have a lot of hope. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. You could say, is there a way of getting my spouse to feel hope? Well, having hope yourself and working towards it begins to help. So first, we need to kind of understand what this whole hope thing is. I will tell you, at the beginning of my career, um, there was this idea floating around that hope was something that just happened inside of you. You know, you just either had hope or you didn't. And uh, there was this place that I often saw where hope was considered to be this ethereal thing that didn't really matter too much. But there's been a lot of research since then. Positive psychology has brought in this whole belief that hope is something that we do need to look at and we can work on building. One of the people who worked on that is Charles Snyder. Um, Charles Snyder was a wonderful researcher who believed that there was actually a formula for hope. And here's the thing, you know, if you've got a formula for something, all you've got to do is figure it. It's like like having a recipe, right? Let's say you uh, want to make bread, right? What goes in bread? We know we have flour, we got some yeast, got some water, maybe a little salt, maybe a few other little things you might add to it. But basically it's flour, yeast, and water, and a little salt. Those are the ingredients. And that's kind of the formula. There are these pieces that are there. 
Now, what you've got to figure out is how to use those pieces, how to mix them together, how to, to create what you want. But you have the formula. That's what a recipe is. It's a formula for making that end product. So part of what we want to do is talk about what are those components, because here's what I realized. When I was looking at Charles Snyder's work on hope, he's saying what I've been talking about in terms of control. What do I have to control? The same things you have to control are the things you need to build hope. And here's one of the things about control. It's all right here. All I can control is right here. I want you just for a moment to realize that one of the things that gets us into trouble is when we're working to try to control things we cannot control, like other people. <laughs> I often will do a, a talk with people on this whole thing about control because it's one of the places where we can find more health in our, in our psychology if we ask the question, is this in my control? And if it's not, I'm going to let it go, right? I don't have a dog in that fight is one way we talk about that. I don't really like the dog fight thing. Um, it's not my row to hoe is another way of talking about it. Um, not my monkey, not my circus. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> not my monkey, not my circus. Y'all go deal with it, right? And in those moments, I can regain what I can control and look at those and ask, where do I need to step into this? Because if it's not in my control and I'm trying to control it, all I'm going to do is frustrate myself and other people. So we have this whole sphere around us of things that concern us, right? We could be concerned about what's going on with politics and what's going on with the weather and what's going on with our kids and our parents and our family and our workers and our bosses and our employees and inflation and whatever else, our spouse, right? But we don't have control over those things. Sometimes we think we do, I've had many people try to convince me that they have control over their kids. They are sadly mistaken and their kids will prove it to them, right? So often they'll say, well, I can control my kids because I can punish them if they don't do what I'm, I say. And my, my response to that is if you have to punish someone because they've done something you didn't say, you didn't have control. You're now cleaning up the mess. It's not control. So let's talk a little bit about this hope equation and then plug it into what you have to control. So you've got a spouse who has lost hope. Now, here is where it gets a little tricky. Sometimes people go from hope here, they lose hope, and then they find hope about something else. They lose hope about how the marriage can move forward and they gain hope in how they could find freedom in an affair in separation, in a divorce, in lots of other ways, right? And so when people lose hope, one of the things we've got to watch for is can we work on things to restore hope before they grasp hope somewhere else away from the relationship? Because we're working on restoring the relationship, honoring the commitment, finding a way of making the marriage something you both want. Okay, so back to Charles Snyder. What he said is that there are only three things that go into hope. Three pieces to the formula. Only three. Now, my beginning in my career, it's like, well, you have hope or you don't have hope. There's all these little things that might impact that. No, three things. 
So I'm going to tell you Charles Snyder's formulation, and then we're going to bring it into what we can control, okay? And if you're wondering why, because your spouse is the hopeless one, one is to shore up your own hope. And two is to recognize that both hope and hopelessness can be contagious. Hope, if you inoculate yourself, build up your hope, build up your own place of hope, you might have enough to move it in that hopeful way. I've watched many people over the years with a hope, hopeless spouse, but them holding the hope that something could be different in the relationship and working on rebuilding until the hopeless spouse begins to have hope also and join that hope and come together back into the relationship. So the short answer of what do you do if you have a hopeless spouse is work on your own hope and help bring that into the relationship and help show that there is another possibility. But now we got to work on how do you build your hope? Three parts, right? Three. Here it is. Goals plus pathways plus agency. Those are the pieces that Snyder talked about. Goals plus pathways plus agency. Okay, so let's break it down. First thing that you have to have is somewhere you're going to go, right? A goal. And you want that to be as crystal clear as possible. Because if you have a fuzzy goal, it's kind of hard to figure out how to get there. But the more clear you are about it, the more defined you are about it, the more helpful it is in you building a path to it. So let's talk about what that looks like. A goal of a healthy marriage would include one that's warm and inviting, one that is full of affection and love, is based in loving actions and based in commitment. That to me are the kind of the ingredients. That's what I, the goal I want is to have this relationship where we rely on each other, that we are, as I talk about it so many times, a we. We are a we. You and I have formed together into another entity of we. That doesn't mean you lose yourself. It means that you come together as a team, right? When you're on a, on a uh, maybe a sports team or something else, it's not that everybody loses their identity. It's that they have this identity within the team where they bring their best to it, play their best, work their best, all of that. So that's what we're aiming for. That's the goal to build this relationship that is solid, where you are a team working together, moving towards the same goals, understanding you're in it together, that's warm, that's inviting, that's connected, that's honest, that's truthful, that's transparent, right? All those pieces are what we're aiming for. So that's the goal. You now have the goal. Well, you may not. You may say, I, I don't want that. If that's the feeling, hit stop right here. <laughs> Because that's where I'm hitting and that's where I am trying to get you to go. That's what we're building. Okay, so now we have the goal in mind. The goal helps us because the next thing we have to have is how do we get there? Now, I'll give you one of the things that I think is so sad about where we are as a culture. We don't prepare people to be married. I mean, Lots of people do a lot to get married, right? They have a big wedding. They pay lots of money for a venue and dress and people coming and the food and the drinks and the honeymoon and all of that stuff. That, 
there's a lot of getting married. Not a lot of training in being married. As a therapist, when people were getting married in a number of different places in, in my community, they had to come through my office to see me for three visits. Now, what I knew in those three visits is we weren't going to fix everything. I was trying to create an open door atmosphere for them that when things got tough, they would come back because everybody believes going into a marriage that they have the love that will last. Sure, everybody has problems, right? And sure, 50% of marriages fail, but we won't because we have the right kind of love. That's, that's what everybody has running in their head. And so what I'm trying to do is get them ready to come back when they realize that's not the case, or at least have an understanding where in their mind, somewhere they go, hey, somebody told us we need to work on being a we. How do we do that in this? To give them some framework for that, right? And so part of what we have created in our culture is a lack of pathways to getting to a good marriage. It's actually why I created my Save the Marriage system, because I wanted to do that. It's also why I've written several books on how do you get there if you've gotten to a bad place. Because what I know is most of the time, people don't go looking for the answer until they have to, until it's so painful that they don't have an alternative. And so part of what we're trying to create here is a pathway to follow. What's the pathway? knowing what it takes. So let's say, let's just use the first two, uh, and, and let's say that I decide I'm going to take a trip. I've got a goal. I'm going to go to the beach. I love the ocean, water kind of guy. I'm going to go to the beach, right? So now I've got a goal. I want to go to the beach. Now I still might have to choose for clarity where I'm going to go. So I pick the beach I'm going to go to. Okay, now I'm clear. That is what I want. That I'm, I'm going to stay wherever and I'm going to do things when I'm there. You know, I'm going to paddleboard and all the things I love to do. That's my goal, right? I've got my goal now, right? It's very clear in my mind. Pathway, how am I going to get there? Well, I could fly. I could take a train, take a bus. I probably can't take an Uber. It's too far, but I could probably also drive. Okay, so I'm going to drive. Decide I'm going to drive. Okay, pathway number one. How am I going to do it? I'm going to drive. Now, I need to route myself to get there. GPS. I pull out my phone. Tap in the address of my goal, where I'm going to go. Figure out what I need to do. Put in a car so that I have what I need when I get there to do the things I want to do when I'm there, right? So I pack up my paddleboard and do all those things and then pack up my swim sword shorts and all the stuff that I'm going to need. And put it in my GPS. Now I have my pathway. I know how to get there. At least I know I can follow the directions to get there, right? And so I might be able to look at it and go, okay, I understand overall where I'm going to go. As I go, I need a little guidance, but that's okay. That's what we do in life. We find it as we go. So I have now have my pathway. There's only one thing left, and that is what Charles Snyder talked about as agency. And that is the willingness to do it. Am I willing to get in the car, drive the route that my GPS is showing me, and arrive at the beach? Am I willing, my agency to do that? Do I have the agency, the willingness to do what it takes to get there? So now we have this equation that helps us understand what we need to have hope. It also helps us understand where somebody might lose hope. 
So if your spouse has lost hope, the question is, what part of that is missing for them? Maybe you didn't really have a clarity about the goals of what you're trying to get to. Maybe you didn't have that we in mind, right? Maybe you just thought we would, we'll just get married and keep doing what we've been doing and everything will work out, right? We didn't have a clear goal. Maybe that was it. So the goal wasn't clear or you had a false goal. We'll get married. And as I talked about in that video on the myths of marriage, we'll live happily ever after because I found my soulmate and we'll make each other happy and all that, right? All that. That's a myth. So you might've had misguided goals. So you might have found that that's not working out because they're misguided. Okay, so maybe a goal issue, maybe a pathway issue. And to be honest, this is more often the case than the goals. The goals sometimes are just, you've, you're chasing after a mirage, but it's not far off, right? You can, you can eventually get to where you wanna to get to. Pathway, that's the more troublesome because we don't prepare. People don't know how to get there. The pathway is missing. So part of what may have been missing in your relationship is having a clear pathway to get to that place. So pathway problem. Could be an agency problem. I just don't wanna do it. Now, I will tell you more often than not, it's not an agency problem in the beginning. Sometimes people tell me it really is an agency problem, but the reason it is is because the person has gotten so tired because the pathway and the goals aren't working. They wanted to do it, right? When people do all that it takes to get married, they generally have an agency, a willingness to do what it takes to get there. So it's not usually the agency crisis. It's the pathways and goals crisis. So part of that tells you that if you can begin to redefine your own goals and maybe even use that kind of language, like we, us, our, maybe even work on the connection piece, the goal of a marriage, that warm connection, take out the uh, poisoned pieces, the, the more uh, angry, hurtful, resentful pieces, then it begins to clear up the goal problem. And then if you start working on your path, the path that you understand, <laughs> not that they don't understand, but the path that you understand of how to get there. Then you begin to understand how to move that forward. The pathway becomes more and more clear. So the pathway begins to be our pathway, not the pathway that becomes my pathway, that becomes our pathway, right? There's a place. So there's the pathway that's out there. Save the marriage system gives you that. Then you take it in, it becomes your pathway. And as you work on it, it becomes our pathway, the relationship's pathway to get to that goal. Agency is not typically the problem because people don't get married to end a marriage. They end a marriage because they don't know what else to do. They end a marriage because they've lost their goal, they've lost their path, they don't know how to get to a different place. It's not about agency. Okay, so how does this fit into the whole things you can control? There are three things you can control. We're doing lots of threes today, right? But notice hope equals goals plus pathways plus agency. There are three things you can control. What I talk about um, of those pieces are the three A's, right? You get to choose your aspirations. 
what you want out of life, your aspirations. What do you want to move towards? You want to write a book? That's an aspiration. You want to travel the world? That's an aspiration. You want to have a warm, loving relationship, a loving, connected relationship, a great marriage? That's an aspiration. You get to choose that. I'm not saying that everybody chooses their aspiration. I say you get to choose it. You can choose it. Nobody's forcing you to choose an aspiration, but you can choose it. That's what you have control over. I can choose what I want to head towards. Want to go to the beach? I can choose that as a goal, even if right now I can't do that. My aspiration is to do that, even if it's you know, down the road. I've got to build towards that. So we get to choose our aspiration. We control that. We don't control the fears that pop into our head. We don't control what other people have as their aspirations or their fears. We choose our aspiration. We do choose how much energy we feed to the fears that pop into our head. They're just there, though. That's what our brain does. What about this? What about this? It's a scenario builder. But what about this? (laughs) Yes, but I'm going here. That's our answer. I can control my aspirations. Yes, but I'm going here. Okay, so aspirations. The second thing we get to choose is our attitude. Our attitude is... Am I going to figure this out and move in that direction or do I give up? Those are the two kind of general polarities of choice. I can, I can choose. I can control that. I can control whether I'm going to figure it out, right? So many times in life I could say, yeah, it's just not worth it to me. That's a choice. It's also in my control. Or I could say, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> I will work on figuring out what it takes to get there. So there's another way we could talk about the, that, that possibility, right? Another way to talk about our, our attitude, and that is agency. Do I have the willingness to put in what it takes? That's agency. Agency, attitude, same thing. Okay, so now we have those two. The last thing is pathways. We, di- we get to control our actions. That's the last A of those three A. So we have aspirations, attitude, actions. We get to choose our actions, what we say, what we don't say, what we do, what we don't do. Now, many people will deny that they have full control over that, but we do have control over what we do, what we say, what we don't do, what we don't say. We just have to accept that. There's another way of understanding that. That's the pathway. My actions end up being the pathway. So the only thing that really stands in our way for many things is figuring out how to do it. Working harder isn't always the answer. Doing it right, doing a path that matters, that's what matters. So this is where I'm going to invite you to grab my system if you don't have the pathway. You need a pathway to get you there. The other two, you can just kind of create, right? I'm going to talk more uh, about the goals in my system, where you want to get to, what that marriage should be like, but I'm more clear about how you get there. And so then the last thing you have to do is say, am I willing to do it? Nobody can make that choice for you. But I will tell you this. A spouse who's lost their hope needs a spouse who's held on to their hope. If you lose your hope, all hope is lost. If you lose your hope, your spouse will often join you on the path. 
So how do you help a spouse who's lost their hope? Build your hope. Build your pathway. Choose your goals. Decide you're going to do it. And if I can help, check me out at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.